Purchase the Keep the Faith ebook and paperback on Amazon now at bit.ly slash keepthefaithbook. Keep the Faith by Ana Tejano Chapter 8 Our first stop was a community center, where Nico and I said hello to the people there and logged in as visitors. I knew the people there longer than he did because I helped with the funding for their scholarship programs at the start of the school year. However, the moment Nico stepped inside the center, he transformed into an instant celebrity. If his mere smile chipped off some of his silent, broody vibe, being around more people seemed to give him an extra jolt of energy, turning him into Mr. Popularity. It was kind of fascinating to watch. I didn't need his help, but he told the people at the center to give me an easier time so I could join the party sooner. Like magic, I got what I needed without having to wait long. One of them even accompanied me to the municipal hall to get some documents. There was a mean-looking lady who reminded me of my calculus professor, with whom I tried to limit my interactions. But her face brightened the moment my companion mentioned Nico's name. She practically let me use her computer to get the data, and I was done with everything in less than 30 minutes. When I got to the plaza, the party was already in full swing. I found April by the food, helping one of the kids get another serving of pancit. Where's Nico? I asked after I refilled my water tumbler. She nodded toward the crowd at the plaza. I couldn't find him until I looked at the group playing Trip to Jerusalem. He wasn't the game master, but was one of the players. Won't that put everyone else at a disadvantage? I asked April. I watched him do some goofy dance moves as he walked around the chairs. Oh no, he's actually very bad at this game. He almost got eliminated twice, she replied with a laugh. Nico's not playing for himself anyway. He's playing for little Jepoy over there. She pointed to a young boy who sat in a green plastic chair, one of his legs in a cast. He broke his leg two weeks ago when he slipped on the stairs in school. The music stopped, and Nico scrambled for one of the chairs. He managed to get one, thanks to his long legs, then he gave the eliminated player a hug before she went back to the crowd. Well, that was nice of him, I commented. I kept my eyes on the game as I ate. Soon, only three players were left. I let out a sigh of relief that I didn't know I was holding when he snagged a chair just as the music stopped. Would you look at that, April said with a laugh, rubbing her belly absently. I could hear Jepoy's cheers above the crowd and the music. Nico grinned at him, then he turned around, his gaze sweeping over to where we were sitting. His smile widened when our eyes met. I would have returned it if only I didn't have a fork full of food in my mouth. I made a face instead, and his shoulders shook with laughter as he turned back to the game. My face grew warm, and I pulled the fork out and chewed slowly, my eyes following his silly dance moves while a part of my brain tried to rationalize the fluttering in my stomach. I saw that. I glanced at April, swallowed, and said, So what? That? I waved my hand towards the general direction of Nico. What about it? Nothing, she said nonchalantly. Are you friends now? I guess so. I took a sip of water as I thought about it and then nodded. He's not so bad. 
That's good. She paused. Then she giggled before adding, I hope I'm not preempting anything, but the two of you look good together. The water seemed to go down the wrong pipe, and I started coughing. <laughs> Nico? And me? I gasped. No. Besides, he has a girlfriend. April's grin widened to Cheshire Cat levels. I just said you two look good together. I didn't say anything about girlfriends and stuff. I gave her a pointed look and went back to my food, my face a couple of degrees warmer. We heard a loud cheer from the crowd, and I realized that I had missed the last round of the game. There was no need to guess who won, because Nico had Jepoy on his shoulders, while one of the MCs handed the kid one of the loot bags. I know it contained only treats and small toys, but the young boy looked like he had been given the world. Nico brought Jepoy back to his chair and sat beside him. He glanced at us again, and now that my mouth was free of food and utensils, I was able to smile back genuinely. Later, after I had joined one of the games and we exchanged gifts and sang Christmas carols, I realized that it wasn't that Nico changed when he interacted with the community. The Nico who blended in so well with him was still the person that we knew. I didn't know him too well yet, but I saw the same Nico in the way he talked to everyone and paid attention to people and how he was always ready to lend a helping hand. It was the same Nico I saw at work, the same Nico I talked to, and the same Nico I rode the bus with this morning. What really changed that afternoon, at least as far as Nicolas Tamayo was concerned, was me. The party ended at around 5, but we stayed to help clean up. The cheerful mood remained, warming the nippy air punctuated by the Christmas carols sung by the kids to entertain the grown-ups. Later that night, I sat in the darkness of the rented van as I waited for Nico, who was the last one to freshen up at the community center. April had already claimed the last row so she could sleep, and had dozed off ten minutes ago, her steady, even breathing filling the silence of the vehicle. I decided to work while waiting so I took my phone out to post the photos from the afternoon on our organization's Facebook page. Soon after I was done going through the notifications and finished answering comments, I found myself back on James's profile. Tell it to the cops, James. Tell it to the cops. Smiley face. The name of the girl who posted it, Katrina, was unfamiliar. James worked as a manager in one of the big banks in the country, and he always used to introduce me to the new people there, so I figured she was one of them. My theory was confirmed when I checked her profile and saw the same bank logo and recent employment date on her personal tab. I racked my brain for what that comment could mean, but there were too many possibilities and I didn't know the context. I gave up a minute later, mostly out of exhaustion, which was just as well because the van's door slid open and Nico took the spot beside me. His hair was still damp, and he smelled of clean soap and peppermint. Let's go, Manong, he said to the driver as she shut the door. I turned back to my phone, back to James's profile, while Nico stretched his legs out in front of him. The van turned to the main road, and the movement pushed me towards Nico. He put a hand on my arm to steady me as I settled back on my side of the seat. So, French fries, will you tell me who that guy is now? I looked at him with a start. Nico was near enough to have a clear view of my screen that showed a photo of James. 
and the screen gave off enough light for me to see his curious expression. I locked my phone, put it back in my bag, and looked out the window to avoid his intense gaze. Faith? Nico said softly, after the silence had stretched on long enough. My name sounded weird coming from his mouth after I had gotten used to his calling me french fries. I'm sorry. Look, I won't press anymore. He's my ex, I blurted out. He was silent, so I sighed. That guy in the pictures was my ex-boyfriend, but I'm pretty sure you figured it out already, or you must have heard about him from our colleagues. Without my phone, it was too dark for me to see his expression, but his hesitation filled the air. Finally, he said, You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. But that was the thing. Now that I've said it out loud, I wanted to talk about James. About us. His memory was now a phantom inside the van I felt I should entertain so it wouldn't leave me. I missed him so much. We were together for five years, and he broke up with me before I left for my last mission. I started slowly. Oh. Nico rubbed his face with his hand and let out a breath. That sucks. I'm sorry. I shrugged, ignoring the pinch in my heart. These things happen, unfortunately. I paused, sensing his discomfort again. I bit my lip to suppress a giggle. It was kind of amusing to see the confident Nicolas Tamayo fumble. Why did you break up? he asked. He said he can't do this anymore. Silence. Then, what the hell does that even mean? I shrugged, my shoulders brushing against Nikos. I didn't know the answer to that either. I've turned that question over and over again in my head, but answers always came up short. What can't he do anymore? Love me? Be with me? Just like that, after five years, he just quit? Why didn't he talk to me first? Why did he do it right before Iloilo? Did he just wake up and realize that, Nope, I can't be in a relationship with Faith anymore. I'm going to break up with her tonight. I wish I had the chance to ask him, but the timing was just awful. But believe me, I had tried. When I couldn't reach him, I tried Rain, but she didn't have anything to tell me because James didn't want to talk to her either. Midway through my trip, I had given up talking to him and plunged myself fully into work, reminding myself I had bigger things to worry about. Nico's eyebrows knitted further after I told him that, and his lips pressed into a thin line, his eyes flashing angrily. When he finally spoke, his tone was sharp. That's complete and utter bullshit. Five years together, he tells you he can't do it anymore and he didn't even explain why? What the hell is that? He just doesn't express himself well. He expressed himself well enough when he broke up with you, right? Nico scoffed. His reaction reminded me of Mayas, but I didn't feel like reprimanding him like I did her. His anger gave me a tiny rush inside, as if what he said validated all that I felt, even if I wasn't angry anymore. It felt good. He continued, Are you sure there wasn't anyone else? My mouth turned dry as I remembered the post on his timeline, but I shook my head. No, there can't be anyone else. I've known him for a long time, and he's not like that. He stayed silent. Nope, I'm pretty sure.
I said firmly. You seem awfully calm about this entire thing. How long has it been? Four months? 103 days to be exact, but I didn't say that aloud. But I'm fine. I mean, I'm moving on. And yet you still stalk him. Hey, I protested. It's a hard habit to break, okay? But really, I'm fine. You sure? It was strange to hear him so concerned because I didn't think he would care this much. Strange, but touching. Yeah, I whispered. I didn't really have anything else to say, so I turned to the window, watching the cars drive past our van. The traffic wasn't so bad yet, but we still had a long trip ahead. Do you still love him? Nico asked after a while, his voice soft, almost tender. I looked at him just as our van passed a streetlight, illuminating his face briefly and giving me a glimpse of his serious expression. Of all the things that people had asked me, this was the first time someone asked me this. Not even Maya had dared, and she was the one I expected to do so. I had an answer for this, of course. Several answers, depending on who was asking. But I hadn't prepared one for when someone not close to me asked me, because I never thought that someone who didn't know me that well yet would. But it was just a yes or no question, right? Either you love the person or you don't. Either you're together or you're not. The soft melody of the song playing on the radio enveloped us, a song about finding the one after a long time of searching and declaring the beloved as the beginning, middle, and end of the journey. April was still asleep, and the driver could hardly care about what Nico and I were talking about. No, I said softly, then cleared my throat and repeated it in a firmer voice. No. Nico just nodded and leaned back on his seat. The song on the radio ended, and silence filled the van for a few seconds until the happy notes of the next song started. He nudged me with his shoulder. Hey, french fries. Hmm? Nico's kind words were soft, yet it seemed to fill the entire van. Your ex was an idiot for letting you go. I felt like bursting into tears, but I managed to blink fast enough before the tears surfaced. Instead, I looked at him, our only light coming from the taillights of the cars around us. I tried to memorize his expression and the way he said it, so I can add it to my mental post-breakup kit. I looked out the window to gather my wits back. When our eyes met again, he was smiling at me. So I bumped back his shoulder and smiled too. This episode was sponsored by What Kind of Day by Mina V. Esguera. A senator's speechwriter accidentally joins a tour of his own city, and through his passionate tour guide, gets to experience a new side of Manila on what should have been the worst day of his career. Available on Amazon, Apple Books, Kobo, Google Books, and other retailers worldwide. Keep the Faith by Ana Tejano. Text copyright, Ana Tejano. Narrated by Jade Albert. Produced by Tanya Arpa and Mina V. Esguera. Purchase the Keep the Faith ebook and paperback on Amazon now at bit.ly slash keepthefaithbook. 
Season 3 of the Romance Class Podcast features an unabridged audio version of a novel by a Filipino author featuring a Filipino narrator. We do this to make the work of Filipino authors more accessible to more readers and introduce Filipino voices in more ways than one. Help readers find us by leaving a review or a rating in Apple Podcasts. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or any podcatcher of your choice. You can find the links to subscribe on romancepodcast.com. Subscribe, share, live tweet as you listen. Add hashtag romanceclass so we can find your reactions and feedback. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, email mina at romancepodcast.com. Find more romance books by Filipino authors on romanceclassbooks.com.